Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact to Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to cover Monday Night Raw for 510 and Friday Night SmackDown for 514. So let's get the show on the road shall we? Okay Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, of course, started out with Charlotte Flair, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler versus Mandy Rhodes, Dana Brooke, and Asuka in a six-woman tag team match. I've told you guys, I love the women's division. I've talked about this a lot. The women's division is something I'm very strong about, and I really love that WWE is trying to push the women's division, you know, a little further in. I do believe that they need to let the main event more. I've said this a dozen times. They really need to let the main event more. Some of you may disagree, and like I said, that's okay if you do. If you do, let me know. I I like to hear your opinions, but in my opinion, you had six of the best women in the division going going in a tag team together. Now, I was not quite sure how Charlotte, Nia, and Shayna would work because they have a real sordid history together. Their history is, I mean, Nia can't stand Charlotte. Charlotte can't stand Nia, so it's a rather interesting little combination issue that they have so i wasn't quite sure how they were going to work if they were going to work you know how this was going to how they were going to coexist now as for mandy dana and oscar they're great together whether they're together whether they're apart i've not seen any bad history between any of them i've never seen any of them fight so i figured this tag team would be a really good tag team together it's a great, great tag team match. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, where you weren't sure whether Charlotte and them were going to coexist. You weren't sure whether, you know, Oscar was going to be able to get the upper hand on Charlotte. You weren't sure, you know, how Mandy and Dana were going to deal with Nia and Shayna because they've had a lot of issues with Nia and Shayna in the past. So you weren't sure how this was going to go. It was a really good tag team. I mean, props to creative. It was a great tag team match. I was really impressed. What shocked me is... Halfway through the match, halfway through a really good match, little Alexa Bliss and her little doll Lily show up. Now, that got my gears turning because of what she said last week, that she was going to make the women's division notice her, basically. She was setting her sights, her and Lily, on the women's division. And whatever happens... Lily made her do it. That's what she said last week. So for her to show up with these girls, all six of these women, and be sitting up there on her little swing set with Lily and her little swing set, pretty much just, you know, you're really making her presence known. But it's the fact that she told the six girls that she had her eye on one particular woman from these six. Had my gears turning. Who could she possibly... Who could she possibly be setting her sights on? Could it be Asuka? I'm not sure. Could it be Nia? I don't see her and Nia having much of a history together. So, could it be Shayna? Now, that would be an interesting little setup if it was Shayna. Mandy and Dana, they never really had a history together. So, I don't really see Alexa coming after Mandy and Dana. But Charlotte, because Charlotte's going after the women's title at Backlash... Leads me to wonder, could it be Charlotte Flair? Could it really, could we really be seeing Alexa gunning for Charlotte? Part of me thinks that Alexa might have the idea that Charlotte's going to win this triple threat match on Sunday. And 
Alexa's going to basically say, here I am, I'm taking the title, baby. Watch this. She's going to come in out of nowhere, blindside Charlotte, and make it perfectly clear, I'm the next contender for that title you're holding. Not sure, but I know it's one of the six, and they really didn't give us, I mean, she kind of interfered with Shayna. We suddenly believe, okay, maybe it was Shayna, but then again, you don't know. That could have been a trick of the mind. That could have been a, you, you don't know. You really don't know what she's up to. So it had, you know, you guess it. Who could it be? Who could she be after? Of course, at the end of the night, I, I called it. I said it. I said it last week. Oscar, Mandy, and Dana did win that match. Granted, after the match was over, Charlotte, Shayna, and Nia were kind of not sure. Charlotte kept looking back at Alexa. Alexa kept doing her little giggly, eerie laughter. And to me, Charlotte looked like she was just playing dang scared of her. It, Charlotte's never scared of anything. And to see Charlotte Flair hesitant to even go up that entrance ramp where she, you know, Alexa's sitting kind of makes me think Charlotte might be just a little bit scared or a little bit unsure whether she really wants to tangle with this Alexa Bliss. She's tangled with the other one, you know, the you know, the goddess, but she's never tangled with this Alexa. So she's kind of apprehensive as to whether she wanted to go up there. She just wasn't sure. And it was kind of so I'm kind of interested to see where creative is going to go with this since we we've seen it kind of going toward, you know, maybe she could interfere in the triple threat match on Sunday. Don't know. We're kind of I'm not sure. I'm up in the air on this one. You guys, y'all might have a different opinion and if you do, please, please, please I love to hear your comments. I love to hear what you guys think. So if you do, give me a shout out on you know my Twitter, on my social media. Tell me what you guys think because you guys might have a different opinion of what they're going to do with Alexa. You guys might disagree. So I'm kind of interested to see where this is going to go. I'm excited to see exactly what's going to happen to Backlash with this whole Alexa being added to this whole thing. Now, of course, then we have Matt Riddle, The New Day, Randy Orton. They're standing there, basically Matt Riddle and them are, you know, making fun and have, you know, making jokes about the tomato thing. And Matt might have took it a step too far. Riddle just doesn't know when to be quiet. There is a point in time when you need to just shush. Don't start making fun of you, especially when he's your tag team partner. Not a wise decision, but even worse is it the fact that he is the legend killer. He will take out anybody. So to go and sit there and make fun of Randy Orton, not probably a good idea, Matt Riddle. Not very smart, Matt. I'm just telling you, it's not smart. But then again, yeah, I don't know. This could be setting up what I guys, what I've been telling you guys, I think is going to happen. Randy is eventually going to turn on Matt. This is a ploy. This is some kind of ploy, like he did with Bray Wyatt. We all remember the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton tag team. It was a ploy. Not quite sure where this ploy is going to go. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, but we'll just have to wait and see. But of course, they're back there making fun of them, making fun of the tomatoes and how Randy looked. Blah 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 blah. What Matt didn't see, and New Day was trying to signal him and tell him, was Randy Orton was standing directly behind him. Randy Orton heard the, heard the whole conversation. The whole conversation. Uh-oh, Matt. Not a good idea. But, of course, Randy, you can tell Randy was not amused. Randy was not impressed with Matt Riddle's shenanigans. Not by any means. He's like Pete Dunne. Doesn't want nothing to do with his crazy antics. He just wants to go out, wrestle a good match, and move on. But, he basically gave him the whole, you better shut up, do what I say, we're a tag team, hush. Riddle again, quiet as a mouse. Got quiet. Done. Over. Love this. Love that he could get Matt to be quiet for five seconds. Love it. 
Now we move on. MVP. He walks up to Braun Strowman's door. You can see him basically in his mind trying to debate, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to try to take on the monster? Do I really want to try to confront the monster among men at all? What am I thinking? Am I stupid? Am I crazy? What am, what am I doing? And you can see him debating, should I go out that door in that door? Should I even knock? Should I just turn around and go back? What should, I mean, you can see he's conflicted. You can see in MVP's eyes he was conflicted, but he walked in anyways. He tries to make a compelling case against with Braun, telling Braun that, you know, if we take out Drew McIntyre, it can be just you and Bobby Lashley at Backlash. Just the two of you. You won't have to worry about Drew. He makes a very compelling case. I mean, MVP makes a very compelling case. But we all know Braun. Braun's not going to take any deal that anybody offers him. He's not like Miz. He's not going to take a deal. Not to have no offense to Miz. Miz thought he was doing the right thing, and Miz realized he screwed up when it was all said and done. So, Braun's not that type of person to just take a deal. It's not Braun's style. It's not Braun's thing. But, of course, Braun did listen to him, and like I said, MVP had a compelling case. He really did. But, in my opinion, the triple threat match needed to stay the triple threat match because Braun earned his shot. I know I've told you guys I how I feel about triple threat matches. I don't like them because they don't favor well for the champ, nor they favor well for the other person. But Braun did win his shot into the match. Braun won, run it, won it fair and square, so Braun deserves to be in the match just as much as Drew does. But really, taking out Drew McIntyre is not going to help you, Braun, because you still got a problem, and his name is MVP. Whether you believe it or not, MVP is a serious player when it comes to Lashley. If he thinks Lashley's in trouble for a second, MVP's going to try to make some sound on the side, try to, you know, distract the person who's facing Lashley to help Lashley get the win. It's a heel move. It's a heel move. I've told you guys how I feel about MVP. MVP needs to just sit down and let Lashley do what Lashley do because Lashley is a, I mean, he's one of the best WWE champions we've seen in a while. He has proven he is good. He's proven, you know, time and time again he can get in that ring, destroy whoever's there, and walk back out like a boss. He's proven it. So, to to me, MVP just needs to stay out of it, but we know MVP isn't going to because it's a heel thing. It's what heels do. It's just what they do. So, but taking Drew out of the equation is probably not such a good idea. And I don't think, but Braun did listen to him. I will give Braun props for that. He did listen, but he didn't seem like he was interested at all. It didn't seem like he wanted anything to do with MVP's ideas. Now, we move on to Damian Priest. I told you guys how I feel about Damian Priest. I absolutely love him. He is fantastic. Fantastic. Phenomenal on the mic. Phenomenal in the ring. He is, I mean, I see him being a future WWE champion. I see it coming. I mean, it's coming. It's, it might be a little bit, but it's coming. And he's going to be a dominant one when he does become one. But, of course, Damian Priest is in the back, basically talking to Adam Pierce. And they're having a conversation. Well, the Miz just seems to walk right in like he owns the place. Him and Morrison both. Morrison griping because of the match last week that he lost against Damian Priest. That it wasn't a fair fight. That blah, blah, blah. We all know, Morrison, Miz cost you that match. He didn't intend to, but he did. So for you to get mad at Damian Priest and say it's not a fair fight, you need to talk to your boy, the Miz, because he's the reason, Morrison, you didn't get that win last week. But of course, Morrison isn't going to listen. Miz isn't going to listen. They're going back and forth. Damian Priest finally shuts him up. Says, I have an idea. 
Biz, of course, doesn't want to hear any of Damien Priest's ideas. He doesn't really care. All he cares about is getting his hands on Damien. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about any of his ideas, any of his little shenanigans. But anyway, Adam Pierce makes him listen to Damien's idea. His idea is he'll have a match with Morrison later on tonight. And if John can beat Damien Priest, then Miz gets to pick the stipulation for their match at WrestleMania Backlash. But if Damian Priest wins, then Damian Priest gets to pick the stipulation at WrestleMania Backlash. I like this. I like where you're going because we don't know what kind of match we're going to get. When you do these kinds of things, it's pretty cool to see. And I like when Creative comes up with these ideas. Of course, Miz, Miz agrees to it. Like a dummy, Morrison you know, basically gets Miz to agree for it. Which Morrison seems to think in his mind somewhere he can beat Damian Priest. You didn't beat him last week. What do you think is going to happen this week? Miz is going to cause you another problem and you're going to end up losing twice. But who knows? I mean, Miz could turn it around. You, you don't know. You just got to wait and see. But of course they agree to the stipulation. And Damian grinning like a Cheshire cat, which I love. Damian knows he's got this match in the bag. He knows he's got it. He knows he's got no problem. It's just basically lure the little fish out and reel him in. That's pretty much what it is, and I like it. This made me excited. Now, for those of you who did not see Monday Night Raw, you missed an incredible return. A return that we've been waiting on for a long time. Now, you guys know that Jinder Mahal got injured back in 2019, and we haven't seen Jinder since. It was a bad injury. I mean, literally almost a career-threatening injury that took Jinder out since 2019. Very excited to announce that Jinder Mahal made his return at Monday Night Raw. Proud to see him. Looking good. You know, really strong. I was proud. But, of course, he came out. Now, for those of you who did watch it and you're trying to figure out who the two other guys are, if you go back and watch NXT, go to social media and go back to NXT Back in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, there was a group introduced called Indosheer. This is who these guys are. They are the they are originally from NXT. They're no they were used to be known as the tag team Indosheer. If you've not seen them wrestle, go look these guys up. They are incredible. They are an incredible tag team. They're great together. I love them. And putting them with gender, that's just phenomenal. For the simple fact, gender is all about helping other superstars from over in India get their start over here. He's all about helping them out. That is one good thing I can say about Jinder Mahal. He's all about helping them. I told you guys last week, one of the men that he trained was Mansoor, who is now in, on Raw. And he did an incredible job. So to put Indosheer with him to get the experience, to get, you know, to get the training, to get the know-how on Monday Night Raw is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's a great idea. It's, I mean, I think it really is. It was a really good idea. Of course, Jinder come out with Indosheer to face Jeff Hardy. Now this one, I, when it started, I'm like, uh, this is a squash match. Because, I mean, come on. You put him with Jeff Hardy. If you're going to put Jinder in a return match, you put him with somebody like Sheamus. Or you put him with somebody like Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley. You put him with somebody big so that he makes a big impact. That he shows what he can do now that he's fully recovered than putting him with somebody that you know he's going to squash in the beginning. It was a good match. It really was. It was not, I mean, I figured it'd be a quick match done and over. No, Jeff gave him a run for his money. Of course, we all know 
Jeff Hardy did lose. Jinder Mahal won. Jinder looked good. He looked great. He looked like he's in the best shape of his entire career. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jinder is going to do and how Indo Sheer is going to come into this and how he's going to transition Indo Sheer away from him and bring them into the tag team division. I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to go. It's going to be a great, I mean, it's going to be good to see. It's good to see Jinder back. I'm glad he's back. Some of you may not agree, but I'm glad to see the modern day Maharaja back. I'm glad. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. Could we see him get WWE Championship again? That's a possibility. He was a great champ when he was champ. I would love to, you know, I would love to see that down the line. But I want to see them build him up to where he gets to that point to where he's at that level. Sonya Deville again. I have talked to you guys about Sonya till I can't talk to you about Sonya anymore. I love Sonya Deville. I do. But this thing that creative is doing with her, I know that she's was a heel when she left. I get that. But they brought her in at the beginning as somewhat seeming like a face. I mean, I could have been completely wrong. But in the beginning, that's what it started out when she came in as a manager. Now she's starting to flip back to her heel side. And side, I mean, I know she's trying to help the women's division. Props to Sonya for stepping up for the women's division. But you're playing favorites to one person. When you are helping the women's division, you help all of them. You don't just help one. You don't pick one favorite out of the whole division and leave everybody else in the dust. I mean, you've got some great women in the division right now, and you need to stand up for all of them. I mean, that's what you need to do. Stephanie did that. You need to do the same. But I, this whole thing with her and Charlotte... To me, and you guys may disagree, to me, you guys might think it's something totally different, but in my opinion and in my eyes, it looks like she's playing favoritism towards Charlotte because she's a flair. I could be wrong. I could be completely and absolutely wrong. And if you guys think differently, tell me on social media. Give me a shout out. Tell me what you think. I love to hear your opinion on this. But in my opinion, she's playing favorites towards Charlotte. And I don't like that. If you're going to, like I said, if you're going to stand up for the women's division, Stand up for all of them, not just one, just because she's a flair. I have a problem with that. Elias and Riker are talking about the whole thing with the tomatoes. And we all know, a couple weeks ago, they got nailed by New Day. And they got and Debbie Priest with tomatoes. It was absolutely fantastic. It was hilarious. It's one of the best segments I've seen in a long time. And they're still talking about the tomato thing. AJ Styles and almost. We have not seen them in a while. They've come back. I'm kind of nice to seeing them transition them back in. I'm happy that they're coming back in. So now that we can get a feel for them as a tag team, but also get a feel of almost as a wrestler instead of just a bodyguard standing by AJ. But they walk up and they're telling, they're basically Riker and Elias said they have a song about the tomato thing and how they think that they should have tomatoes and throw them at the new day. And AJ says, no, no tomatoes. No song. We're just going to go out there and do what we do best. Wrestle. That's what we're here for. We're not here to make no comical jokes. We're not here to be a comedy set. We're not here to do all this crazy stuff. We're professional wrestlers. We're going to go in and do it the way we do it. Go in, beat the daylights out of them, and walk back out. That's that's how AJ felt. Of course, Elias and Riker didn't like the idea. But then again, who you know, AJ's in control. AJ's in control. So we ought, you know, who knows? But of course, then we have that transitioned over to the next match, which was the New Day, Matt Riddle, and Randy Orton versus AJ Styles, Elias, Riker, and almost eight-man tag team. Here we go again. Another tag team showing 
showcasing eight members of the men's division to show what they can do. Fantastic creative. Fantastic. Great pitch. Great, 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 great. I like it. I like it a lot. But you're kind of, you keep doing these tag team matches instead of letting these teams stand out on their own and show what they can do against the tag team champs. Maybe creative's got something up their sleeve. Maybe they're trying to fill out who's going to be the next number one contender for the tag team titles. I don't know. But it's it was it's an interesting match. I mean, it really is. It's an interesting match. Back and forth, you know, it was just incredible. I mean, incredible. You, I was not sure if Randy and Matt, after what Matt had said earlier, could coexist together. They did a great job. They did a fantastic job. The match was great. AJ did good. Almost impressed me. He did well. Of course, Jackson Riker and Elias, they've been fantastic. They've been on fire, so I like them. But, you know, it was a great match. Overall, it was a great match. Of course, the New Day, Matt Riddle, Randy Orton did win that match. Who didn't see that one coming? But it's what happened afterwards that was the shocker. Randy Orton was already frustrated with everything that had been going on earlier with Matt Riddle and them making fun of him. Randy was already frustrated. And part of me thinks Randy is frustrated getting slammed back into a tag team. Randy wants to go out and, you know, earn WrestleMania, you know, WWE Championship. He wants to do that. That's where he wants to be. He doesn't want to be stuck in a tag team, especially with Matt Riddle. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his mannerisms. You can see that he just doesn't want to be there. That's not Randy Orton. That's not what Randy does. Randy goes out and wins championships. He doesn't play around in comical things with New Day and Matt Riddle. So he makes it perfectly clear. He RKO's Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. I was like, whoa. Matt Riddle turns around and goes, whoa, whoa, how are we going to make friends that way? Randy's not there to make friends. And Randy made it perfectly clear by his, you know, way his body was, body language, that he was not there to make friends. He's there to win championships. That's what he wants to do. He's there to raise himself up, you know, up with the greats. He doesn't want to win, you know, do comical dances and goofy things like that. That's not what he's there for. He walks out. When Riddle starts with him, he walks out. Randy just completely walks out of the ring. Walks back up the entrance ramp. He wants nothing to do with this. Nothing. You can tell he does, doesn't. He looks back at Riddle with this look of disgust. Like, I'm not doing this. This is not for me. This is not who I am. I'm not a comic gimmick. I'm not, I don't dance in a ring. That's not, that's not who I am. I'm the legend killer. That's who I am. Interesting segment kind of wondering maybe if it's getting ready for Randy to turn on that. I'm not quite sure. I'm interested to see where this is going to go, but this was an interesting turn of events involving Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. Okay, so Rhea Ripley and Asuka come up, and they're talking about this triple threat match with Sonya. They don't think that, again, they're pleading that Charlotte not be in this match because Charlotte didn't. I told you guys last week, Charlotte didn't earn it. Braun Strowman did. Charlotte didn't. Basically, Charlotte kissed up to Sonya Deville and got a, she got, he got into the match. Charlotte should have had a qualifying match to determine whether she would be in or not. That bugged me. As a women's division fan, that bugged me because any other, if it had been any other woman, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rhodes, any other woman in the back, Alexa Bliss, any of them, they would have had to go through a qualifying match, basically jump through a hoop to get to a triple threat match. Charlotte, she just walked right through the door. That, to me, was not fair. And they tell them, 
basically they tell Sonia, we don't think this was fair. We don't think this was such a good idea for you just to hand her a title shot. That to me, you know, just because she's a flair does not mean she gets what she wants. She just like the rest of us has to earn it. I'm telling you guys, I, if Becky Lynch had been there, she would have agreed she needed to earn it. Becky had to earn it. Why, why does Charlotte not have to earn it? That to me is not fair. But they tell her basically, she tells them, you guys are going to have to basically coexist in the same space, blah, 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 blah. And basically she tells them that y'all are going to have to go one-on-one against each other, Rhea versus Oscar. Immediately, ding, 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 bells are going off in your head. If you're a you know, wrestling fan, you know, right there. Earlier we saw Sonya talking to Charlotte. Whose idea was this? Obviously Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Obviously. Because she's going to come in and cause some chaos or do something that Charlotte does. We're not stupid. But of course, Sonya keeps denying it. Even though Oscar and Rhea both tell her, we know this was Charlotte's idea. She keeps denying it. Sonya Deville, we're not dumb. We're not stupid. We didn't fall off the potato truck yesterday. We know Charlotte came up with this idea. Adam Pearce didn't. No one else in the locker room. Rhea and Oscar didn't come and say, hey, we want to fight against each other. No, this was Charlotte's idea. This was all Charlotte, obviously. Sheamus versus Alberto Carrillo. Here we go again. I told you guys, Sheamus is a fantastic champ. When he has a belt, he is incredible. He is incredible on the mic. He's incredible in the ring. He's a dominant force when he has these titles. So, of course, he's got a challenger. Alberto Carrillo isn't quitting. He's tired of being bullied by Sheamus. He's tired of Sheamus doing what Sheamus do. He's tired of Sheamus overlooking people like him, and Carrillo has stepped up. He's, you know, he's tired of sitting in the back and waiting for an opportunity. No, he's stepping up to the plate. This match actually happens this time. There is no before the bell fight like there has been in the past or another person being in the fight and Carrillo coming in. This fight actually occurs. And it's a dang good match. I mean, it is fantastic match. Carrillo is really showing Sheamus what he can do. Sheamus is showing Carrillo, hey, I'm not going to let you just walk around thinking that you're entitled to something. I'm going to put you through the ringer to get you to prove to me that you're, you know, you're good enough to face me for a title. They put each other through the ringer. The part that's scary is Carrillo does a move where he flips off the ropes at the top to land on Sheamus. He hit his knee against Sheamus's head and goes out to the side. Sheamus is over on the other side. The ref gets out, checks them both. Sheamus wins it by medical stoppage because both Sheamus and Carrillo were not looking like they were okay. It looked like it was a serious, possible serious injury from both of them. WWE not taking a chance. Officials not taking a chance. They stopped it, you know, stopped it and Sheamus won by medical stoppage. That, to me, was fair because I mean, the way that Carrillo landed, it looked bad. It looked bad for Sheamus and it looked bad for Carrillo. Carrillo could have an injured knee. Sheamus could have a concussion. It was a real bad, it was a hard, nasty landing. It, would, it was really obvious this was not planned. This was not key fab. This was something that actually happened. It's best to go get them both checked out just to make sure they're okay before, you know, you do go any further with Sheamus and Carrillo. I'm kind of interested to see if they're okay, and if, you know, we're going to continue, if Carrillo's going to get a shot at the United States title, could, you know, could we see it? Could Carrillo become the next United States champ? I'm interested to see where this is going to go, because Creative is really doing really good with Sheamus and Carrillo. I'm glad they're finally pushing 
Alberto Carrillo because he's a great wrestler. He really is. Go back on social media. Go look him up. He has had some fantastic matches. I mean, against Angel Garza, uh, yeah, Andrade. He had some really good matches. And you guys, go back and look at him. He's, I mean, 205 Live, NXT. He's been fantastic. He's, I mean, this is a good, good storyline that could go a good ways. I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Of course, the Lucha House Party, they've been on fire. They've been so good. I've been, I mean, thrilled with them. They have been so good. I mean, just fantastic. They cut a promo. When they cut promos, they are interesting to watch. Grand Metalik, fantastic. I love him. He is fantastic. Just fantastic. I absolutely love him. And it's just great to see, you know, these two cutting a promo and actually getting a push. It's about time that these two got a push. And to me, it seems like WWE is starting to listen to the universe and starting to realize that some of these people, like Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, some of these that are sitting in the back waiting for an opportunity are actually getting a chance to shine on television. And I like that, that maybe creatives finally starting to get their juices flowing they okay some of these people we don't use all the time maybe we need to use give raw a little bit more variety because the same old same old gets stale after a while we need to bring some of you know some of these people from the back in like drew gulak and them and angel garza and let people see something do something fresh i like it cedric alexander i told you guys last week Cedric might have bit off more than he could chew by claiming that he is better than Sheldon Benjamin and turning on Sheldon Benjamin. I knew eventually it was going to happen. I just thought it would have happened sooner than what it did. I figured it would have happened in the Hurt Business. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's why I thought they brought Cedric in, is that Cedric was eventually going to turn on Bobby Lashley and VP and, and Sheldon Benjamin. I thought that was coming. It didn't happen. It happened after they were kicked out, after everything that those two had been through as a tag team. I mean, they were tag team champs. They had been through a lot together. But Cedric last week turned on Sheldon Benjamin and basically told Sheldon Benjamin that he's better than him. That bugged me because Sheldon Benjamin is a heck of a wrestler. I, I mean, he's a veteran. He's been in WWE a long, long time. The, I mean, he's come back twice from injury and still did so well. Each time he's come back, it's been better than the last time he was in. So, for Shedrick to claim that he's better than Sheldon, it kind of bugged me a little bit. It kind of, as a wrestling fan who, you know, supports the veterans and, you know, tells everybody you need to give the veterans a little bit more of a chance to turn on a veteran, that kind of upset me because, I mean, Cedric's good. I'm not denying he ain't. I mean, a few years ago, WrestleMania, when he and, you know, Mustafa Ali faced for the Cruiserweight title. That was one of the best matches in, you know, I mean, one of the best matches on the pay-per-view card. They, I mean, they just killed it. But Sheldon Benjamin needs more credit than what Cedric Alexander is giving him. So because of that, Cedric Alexander had to face Sheldon Benjamin. The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, okay, WWE creative, don't drop the ball on this one. Stick with your veterans. Let your veterans school the new people and teach the new people where they fall in, you know, in the category where they fall on the stack. I'm not saying that Cedric isn't good. I told you guys, he is. But to disrespect a veteran, that to me bugs me. But, of course, the match was great. The match was good. I got my wish. Creative did what I hoped they would do. Sheldon Benjamin did beat Cedric Alexander, which is what should have happened. Because, basically, it's his way of saying, I'm, I'm teaching you where you fall. 
in the category. I'm teaching you to respect us, to, te to treat us better than what you're treating us. And I agree. You should give respect to veterans. Give them credit where credit sue because they've earned, they've done their time. That, you know, they're what's going, they're, you know, they're leaving their legacy for the new, star, new stars. Don't disrespect a veteran. Don't mistreat a veteran. Veterans are what WWE needs right now to help the new people coming in to transition over to what they're doing when they have to retire. So don't disrespect them. And I think that by Sheldon winning, winning, that was a good way to teach Cedric Alexander, don't disrespect me. Respect me and I will respect you. That's how I feel about it. Respect me and I will respect you. Of course, we all saw what happened with Angel Garza and Drew Gulak last week where he shoved the... Rose where the sun don't shine. We all saw that last week. Well, of course, Drew Gulak didn't like that. He came up and basically told Angel Garza how he felt. And how Angel Garza disrespected him. And how Angel Garza was, you know, humiliated him on national television and all that stuff. And Garza basically looked at him and told him, Do you remember what I did with the Rose? Would you like for me to do it again? But this time, push it a little further. Gulak didn't like that. I like the fact that they're setting up a feud between Garza and Gulak. Gulak, it's a good chance to let Gulak showcase what he can do outside of 205 Live and outside of NXT. It's good to see that they're doing that. Like I said, I like that they're bringing people from the back to the front to basically give us a variety of different storylines for Raw and SmackDown. I like that they're doing that. WWE, I like what you're doing. I like this promo. I like that they're building up the storyline between Garza and Gulak because it gets to show what these two guys can do because they're really good. They really are. And they're not getting the credit where the credit is deserved. So to put the two of them together in matches, fantastic job. Creative. Keep doing it. Keep bringing in those people that deserve to get a push, that deserve to get some airtime. Keep bringing them in. Keep bringing them in. Shout out. Bring back Mustafa Ali, please, because he's fantastic. Of course, the next match, of course, was Asuka versus Rhea. I told you guys I knew this was a setup. This had to be a setup. There was no other way around it. Sonya could not have come up with this without Charlotte. She just couldn't. What did I say? I called it. Charlotte, come out. I, I knew this was going to happen because it wasn't fair to Asuka and it wasn't fair to Rhea. They deserved to have a one-on-one -on -one match together at WrestleMania Backlash for the title. Charlotte keeps sticking her nose again where it doesn't belong. I'm glad you come back. I'm happy that Charlotte come back. But Charlotte needs to wait her turn in line. You don't just jump the line just because you can. But the match was a good match. Until Charlotte tried to distract Rhea. I thought for sure this that this was going to really be bad for, for Rhea. Because Oscar was going to get the upper hand. Oscar didn't. Rhea did win that match. Charlotte... Charlotte, 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 Charlotte. I can say it till I'm blue in the face. No, I don't like the idea of her being in this triple threat match. I don't think she earned it. I don't think she deserves it. She's been a champion so many times. There are other women in the back right now that deserve a shot at that title before Charlotte Flair. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just the way I feel. You may disagree. You do. Tell me on social media. Just tell me. I like to hear your opinions on it. Maybe you think Charlotte does. I don't think she does. Of course, Drew did do his promo. I, I, I give props to Drew. Drew is defend, pretty much defending the fact that this is going to be a triple threat match. 
He's got some odds stacked against him because he's got two big guys in there. You mean you got Bobby Lashley and you've got Braun Strowman. These are two big monsters you've got to get through to get your title back. That's going to be a tough, tough thing, pill to swallow. It has to be a tough pill to swallow to realize that the odds are, odds are so stacked against you that you're going to need a miracle to get yourself out of it. I love Drew's promos. I love everything about Drew's promos. They're fantastic. Each one gets better each time. Each one gets more exciting. Killer promo. Then we move on to Morrison versus Priest. If Priest wins, he gets to set the stip. But if Morrison wins, he gets to set the stip. The match was incredible. Back and forth. Miz was out there. I told you guys I knew he would be. And again, Miz several times got up on the road, up on the rail, up on the ring trying to cause a distraction. Didn't slow, did not slow Priest down. Not one bit. Distractions don't really slow Priest down on any. I don't think there's anything that can slow Damian Priest down. Short of maybe Braun Strowman. I mean, there's not anybody I can see that could slow this man down. This man is just literally on a collision course with the WWE Championship. It's just, it's just coming. He's on fire in everything that he does. But, of course, he tried several times. Match still went on. Morrison did really, be, did really good. Of course, again, like I told you guys, Miz did jump up on that damn apron and cost Morrison the match. Damian Priest won the match because of, again, who else? Dun, 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 the Miz. Come on, Miz. You should have just stayed out of it. You're, you're, you're messing with Morrison, and he's only going to take it for so long before he gets mad. And you can see the anger coming in Morrison's face that he cost him the match. In turn, Miz realized what he has done. Now he's given Damian Priest the green light to set up the step for WrestleMania Backlash. Miz is in panic. He is literally, you can see the panic in his face because he realizes, uh-oh, I just screwed up. I just caused me to have to face a match that's picked by my opponent. And I don't have a say-so in this. I don't have a choice in it. I just got to do it. Of course, Miz tries to attack him. Jumps in the ring. Tries to attack Damien after the match is over. Priest counters it. He hits the lights. Fantastic love when he does that move. That's, yeah, I love it. Morrison's left in the ring alone. Priest hits Morrison with the lights. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So, after the match, Adam Pierce is in the back. He's talking on the phone. I'm assuming to creative team, or I'm assuming to Triple H or Vince or one of them. And Damian Priest comes up and tells Adam Pierce, I have my step. I have my step for WrestleMania Backlash, and this is what I want. I'm tired of Morrison running in and doing whatever he wants. I'm tired of Miz interfering in my match and trying to cost me. I'm tired of Miz and Morrison trying to cheat. So I'm going to fix it to where neither one of them can cheat. And neither one of them can get involved where it will be a fair match between me and Miz. He goes, I'm asking for a Lumberjack match at WrestleMania Backlash. Adam Pierce gives it to him. I love Lumberjack matches. Because you get to see superstars from the back that sometimes don't get to be on television get to be on television and they won't just go after one of the people in the lumberjack match they'll go after both of them they're not afraid to throw them back in they're not afraid to you know throw a few punches while they're out there they're not scared anybody tries to interfere they're not hesitant to take them out i like this i like this step i'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to turn out 
my prediction, guys, is that Damian Priest is going to win this one. I could be completely wrong. I could get, my mind could get blown and Miz could win the whole thing. I love Miz. I do. But Damian Priest is on a roll right now. And I would like to see him beat Miz once and for all and move on to his next opponent. I really would like to see him do this. I, you know, the Miz, Miz and Morrison match is getting a little old. This is a great sip to end the fight, to end the feud, so that Damien can move on and Miz can move on to bigger and better things. Now we have the main event. Main event is Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I told you guys last week because Braun Strowman won his, had his match last week against Bobby and Drew interfered in his match and it wasn't Drew's fault. Bobby Lashley got thrown into Drew McIntyre when he was sitting at commentary. Who did not see Drew being having that little fiery Scottish temper that he has going back at... Because he knew Braun did it on purpose. He knew it. Going back at Braun. Who did not see that coming? So I figured during this match, of course, Braun would come out. It, it, it was inevitable because Drew came out on him last week. It was inevitable. If Braun took MVP's words to heart... Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley's match was, anytime these two are in a ring together, it is incredible to watch. Go on your social media and go look it up. Go look up the WrestleMania match. It was It's incredible to watch because these two bring out the best in each other. They are so perfectly matched. It's incredible to watch because they know how to counter each other's moves. They're just so, I mean, they're great. Their chemistry in the ring is great. You know, it's just great to see them work together. You know, even if it's for a WWE championship, it's amazing to see. It's going to be interesting because now you're throwing Braun into the mix. You know, I'm not quite sure how this is going to work because Braun has a totally different, I come in there, beat the daylights out of you, walk back out. You've got Drew and Lashley who already work so well together and you're putting a third person into this match and it's like, is the chemistry still going to be that good? Are we going to have, you know, uh, you know, two people teaming together to get rid of the other one so that they can have a fair fight? Could we see Lashley and Drew getting together and taking out Braun so they can have a fair fight? Could we see Drew and Braun get together and take out Lashley so they can have a fair fight? Not quite sure how that was. Not quite sure how that's going to go. But I mean, the chemistry between Drew and Lashley is so strong. I kind of foresee in you know the match it being Drew and Lashley getting together to take out Braun because they both wanted the match together, not with Braun involved. But of course, the match was great. Braun did come out. Braun came out. That sh didn't shock me. Didn't surprise me. Of course. He power slams Drew McIntyre, which basically was a shocker. But before he power slammed Drew McIntyre, he power slams Bobby Lashley. He attacks Lashley, which means he did not take MVP's words to heart, which caused a DQ, which gave Drew the win. After that, he turns around and power slams Drew McIntyre. He keeps back and forth. He throws Lashley through the barricade. I mean, clean through. He goes clean through that barricade. He takes Lashley out of the equation. MVP is literally freaking out because he comes at I mean, just shook Lashley out. MVP, before that, tries to attack him with his cane, and Braun takes the cane, and the first thing I'm thinking, please don't attack MVP. Please don't, please don't. No, he turns on Lashley. Then he goes back in and literally destroys Drew McIntyre, basically saying, this is my match. I'm going to win this. You guys are going to be left in the dust. You're going to see me walking out with the WWE title. 
I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I'm kind of making a prediction here, and I, this is just my prediction for the main event. I'm not making predictions for all the matches, but this one in particular has got my attention. I'm thinking Lashley's going to win the whole thing because, I mean, Lashley's just on a high right now, and I don't see creative taking Lashley, taking that title from Lashley quite yet. I don't see it happening. How he's going to win, I don't know because this is, I mean, he's up against Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. How he might win is take Strowman out of the equation with Drew and then the two of them go fighting. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to say how this works, but in my opinion, I think Lashley's got this one. This is just my opinion. I could be completely blown away. Drew could win the whole thing because he's the underdog. Braun could win it. That would be a complete kink in the cog, you know, of the Drew-Lashley feud that's been going on all this time. I don't know. But I'm interested to see. But like I said, the destruction of Drew McIntyre and him, that was completely and absolutely incredible. It was incredible. I just wasn't expecting it. Now we're going to move on to Friday Night Smackdown for 5-14. Last week we saw the whole thing with Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, and Roman Reigns. And apparently Seth Rollins got thrown into this somehow, which gives us hope. But, <laughs> anywho, we saw what happened last week. Those of you who didn't, go back on my podcast and listen, or go on social media and look it up. I mean, it's everywhere what happened with the family. It's, it's, it's an incredible feud going on right now, and I'm kind of confused as to how this is going to go, but Jey Uso does open SmackDown. He basically tells Jimmy, after his actions, they're going to have to take care of business. After what Jimmy did last week, there's a problem. He's not going to let, they're not going to let this fly. They're not going to let this sit, they're not going to take this sitting down. They've got to do something about it. Out comes Roman Reigns. We knew Roman was going to show up at some point because he is in the main event against Cesaro. So we knew this was coming at some point. Just wasn't sure where it was going to come, but we knew it was coming. Of course, he addresses the problem with the fam- that the family's having. The whole issue with Jimmy not listening, Jimmy not falling in line, Jimmy not doing what Jimmy's supposed to do. He disrespecting Roman because he's the head of the table. You know, and I'll, he's just basically telling Jimmy, I don't like your attitude and it needs to be adjusted right now. I just don't like it. He basically, at first, dressed as Cesaro because he does face Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash for the Universal title. Paul's doing his whole kiss up that Cesaro is so fantastic and that Cesaro is so great. Cesaro is so wonderful. And I'm sitting there the whole time going, Paul, shush. You're just kissing up to make yourself look good. Be quiet. Do what you do best. Stand there as Roman's counsel and look good. That's what you're supposed to do. Not kiss up. You're with Roman and you're shy. Basically, it sounded like you're siding against Roman. Not going to handle, and I said, well, with the head of the table, the tribal chief. It's just not going to. I mean, he's got issues right now with Jimmy. You don't want him turning his anger on you. Shush. He's kissing up. The whole that he starts talking about Jimmy, Jimmy comes out. Jimmy Uso comes out to basically confront Roman and tell Roman how he feels and where he stands. He basically tells Jimmy that he's running his mouth while his brother is standing there acting like, basically, this is what Jimmy tells him, his little, the word I'm not going to say because it's inappropriate, but you know what I mean, the, the, B, the B word. That's what he calls him. He's actually got a shirt that actually says, Nobody's with the B word. He has that. It's on it. And it's a Jimmy Uso on the back. It's kind of cool. And he even looks at Roman and goes, Like the shirt? Cocky little Jay and Jimmy Uso. I like it. I like this cocky Jimmy. I like it. Jay responds, basically confronting them and telling between the brothers and telling, you know, telling, Look, 
You need to stand with Roman. You need to stand with Roman because right now we're stronger together as a family than we are apart. And you're causing friction between Roman and the family. You need to you know, just stop what you're doing and stand with me. If you love me, stand with me. Jay has a good point. But Jimmy has good points too. Jimmy has good points because Roman is using Jay. Every time Roman's won the universal title or retained the universal title, Jay's played some role in it. Roman has the only time that Roman Jay did not was between Kevin Owens and Roman. And Roman almost lost it that night. He did not have Jay there to back him up and he almost lost his title. So close. So close. Because Kevin gave him a run for his money. Jay is the deciding factor. Jay is the factor when it comes to Roman Reigns. I'm not. I mean, I'm a huge Roman fan. Roman can win titles and matches on his own. Jay he does not Jay, need Jay Uso to do so. But as a heel character, he's got Jay to do his bidding for him, like his little henchman. And to me, that bugs me because Jay's better than that, and Jimmy's right. He's better than that. Of course, Roman gets involved in the whole thing. Doesn't like the idea of Jay trying to talk him up to get him to convince because Jimmy isn't backing down. Jimmy's not backing down. Jimmy came back to win the tag team titles. That is what he wants to win, and he wants his brother to do it. He doesn't care about the universal title. He doesn't care about Roman's you know, shenanigans. All he wants is the tag team titles with his brother. That's what he wants. That's what he's after. And I don't blame Jimmy one bit. I mean, you deserve, if Roman gets to shine with the Universal title, you should have a chance to shine representing your family with the tag titles. It would make, it would make so much more sense. It would make y'all look better as a family if, you know, there were more gold in y'all's family, you know, circle. It would look better. But Roman's not wanting to do that. Roman's wanting to divide them. And I don't like that. Of course, he asks him, you don't think I can beat Cesaro, do you? You really don't think on Sunday I can beat Cesaro? Jimmy looks at him square in the face and says, No, I don't think you can. Roman didn't like that. Roman goes, You think you can do what I can do? You think that you can take this title right here, this universal title, and defend it yourself against Cesaro or anybody in the back? You think you can do what I can do? You think that you want to be the head of the table? You think that you can do it? Okay, prove to me you can do it. Prove to me right now in this ring that you can do what I do every day. Prove to me. Jimmy answers the call. Jimmy basically steps in front, grabs the mic from Roman, and calls Cesaro out. Oh my goodness, it made Roman so mad because Jimmy did it better than Roman did it. Jimmy didn't hesitate. He didn't flinch. He didn't budge. He called Cesaro out out. Called Cesaro out and told Cesaro, I want a match with you tonight. You and me, one-on-one. Let's do this. Cesaro comes out and tells him, okay, I accept your challenge. Roman is ticked. You can see it in his eyes. You can see his jaw twitching. You know he's mad because Jimmy just stepped up. Basically stepped over Roman and just proved to Roman that he can do the same job that he does every night, but he can do it better. Because he can get results. Roman, mad. You can see he's mad. You can just see him twitching. He's so mad. Jay's in shock. I'm pretty sure Paul Heyman's in shock. That, I mean, to me, Jimmy, kudos to you, boy. You've got props. Stand up to your cousin and tell him we're not going to take this anymore. We need to be a united family winning championships or we need to divide up. That's just how it is. Yeah, I'm not going to play your game. I'm not Jey Uso. I'm not going to let you bully me. I'm going to do it my way, and this is how it's going to be. Props 
to Jimmy Uso. Props. Women's Tag Team Title Championship match. I've been excited about this since they announced it last week. Because I told you guys how I felt about Natalia and Tamina. They have been on fire. I've loved them. I love them as a tag team. They're so good. And they're just, I mean, they're just, just, just so good together. And I was, I mean, they just have been dominating the tag team women's division. They're just totally, separately and together, they've just been on fire. So, of course, it was Nia Jax. Shayna Baszler versus Tamina and Natalia for those titles. Of course, Reginald did come out. We knew Reginald was going to come out. Reginald has been a factor in the issues between Nia and Shayna. He has been a serious thorn in Shayna's side. And Shayna's about had enough of him. He tries to get up on the apron in the middle of the match. Ref throws him out. Props to WWE referees. Thank you for getting rid of Reginald. Now, this could be a fair fight. Shayna and Nia could actually work together without a little... Which way did we go, George? Following him around. Yay! We get a good match. This match was fantastic. If you guys have not seen it, go to Peacock. Go to, you know, go to WWE Network. Go on social media. Go watch this match. Classic fantastic. I consider it the match of the night because it was so good. These women, it should have been made event. It was that good. It was a fantastic match. Back and forth. Fantastic. Tamina was out for a little bit which gave Natalia a chance to try to shine and show what she could do. Scared to death that Natalia was going to get took out but Tamina sitting on the side kind of gave me hope. Okay, she's resting up. She's going to come in and just dominate the match. Oh my gosh, she dominated it. This match was incredible. It ended with what I had hoped. We have new tag team women's championship. We have new tag team champs. And I'm talking about Tamina and Natalia. I was so happy. These girls deserve this. They deserve this more than anybody else. Because they had worked so hard. This was Tamina's first championship in WWE. Proud of them. Finally, Creative did something right. Finally, they did something right. Kudos to Creative. Thank you. You finally did something right for a change. Happy to see this match. Proud to see this match. Proud to see Tamina and Natalia win those titles. Looking forward to seeing what they're going to do from now on as champs. I'm excited. Hopefully, Creative lets them keep the titles for a little while and gives them a good title run because these girls deserve it. They really do. Tamina crying in the ring. Oh, I wanted to I wanted to hug her. I was so proud that these girls had done this. This is a huge accomplishment for both of them. Huge accomplishment. Proud of them. Very, very proud of them. Great match overall, guys. Great match. Go back and watch it if you haven't. Paul gets stopped for an interview. Basically, she's asking him if he what he feels about Jimmy Uso and how he feels about this whole Cesaro situation and whether he thinks that Roman Reigns can beat Cesaro. Paul Heyman, of course, agrees that Roman can beat Cesaro. No problem. Roman's got this with one hand. He can beat him with one hand tied behind his back. Paul Heyman does great interviews. He does great promos. I will not deny that Paul Heyman is not a fantastic promo person because he is. He is, fan, he is phenomenal. His promos are killer. I love them. Great promo. Great setup. Interesting to see how this is going to go for the rest of the night. Apollo Crews comes out. Commander Azim is standing up on this little podium and he's going to present him with the Nigerian Medal of Honor. Sweet. Cute storyline. Like it. Love it. Great way to represent Nigeria. It really was a great way to represent Nigeria. It kind of, I mean, Apollo Crews made a great point. He really did. You know, 
uh, without his without Commander Azim, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. You know, he's been a very loyal subject and a very loyal helper. And I'm not going to deny that he hasn't been because he has. He's been great. I mean, he presents him with the Medal of Honor, you know, and everything, and it was a fantastic little setup. But Big E, of course, appears on the charm and pokes the Viper. He pokes Apollo, telling him all this stuff about how he has his title, da 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 da, that he's been cheating. He's a heel. What do you expect he's going to do? He's going to cheat. Of course, he's going to cheat. All this stuff, Apollo's not liking it. Apollo does not like Big E getting involved in his mess. Sammy Zane! Conspiracy Sammy Zayn comes out. I told you guys two weeks ago, and I've been preaching this the entire time, that the two weeks ago when Sammy Zayn picked up that Intercontinental title and was looking at it, that it looked like Creative was going for Sammy Zayn to, to take that Intercontinental title from Apollo Crews. It looked like he was trying to get his baby back. That's what it looked like. So he comes out and basically tells Apollo, yeah, yeah, I'm on your side, and da, 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 but you have my Intercontinental champion ship you have it you have it and i want it back apollo not digging that one either not liking that one at all not happy that you know he showed up blah, 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 blah. kevin owens comes out kevin owens decides i'm gonna skip the talk i'm not even gonna talk i'm just gonna go out there slide in the ring and start beating the daylights out of people here we go i'm just gonna bring the fight because that's what i do fight owens fight he has a first beating the daylights out of him sammy saying apollo commander azim it just Bloody mess. Well, Azim gets him back to the corner, and you think, oh no, Kev, this is going to end very badly. I don't know where. Here comes Big E. It turns into a big old brawl out in the ring. It just it, it, it just gets crazy. Commander Azim tries to do the Nigerian nail, misses. Sami Zayn, Haluba kicks him out. Fantastic. Sami Zayn gets took out by Kevin Owens with a stunner. Of course, Kevin Owens turns around and gets kicked, gets a big ending from Big E. This was a mess. This was a fiasco. It was crazy. I mean, one place here, Apollo here. It was just a mess. It, it, it was a mess. A mess of a match. I mean, really a mess of a match. But it was a good one. It was a good little setup. It kind of set up to possibly the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. I kind of like where it's going. Interesting to see where it's going to go. And like I said, great way to represent Nigeria and sh you know give a little bit of us about a little bit of us a little bit about the Nigerian culture. It was a great way to do it with you in the Medal of Honor. I liked it. Kind of a nice setup. Rey Mysterio. Last week, Rey Mysterio was supposed to face Dolph Ziggler. Didn't happen because Dolph Ziggler called out Dominic. Mysterio. Calling Dominic a little child, not knowing how to fight. Of course, we all saw last week Dominic Mysterio beat Dolph Ziggler. So, this time, we get Rey Mysterio versus Off Ziggler. It's a great match. It was a fantastic match. I mean, back and forth, you weren't sure who was going to win. It was an incredible match. I mean, Dolph Ziggler showcasing what he could do. Several times, Rey Mysterio tried to do 619. Dolph Ziggler got out of it. Famouser, we saw, you know, all these great, you know, finishers, you know, lockups. It was a great match. Fantastic match. Of course, Dolph Ziggler again loses this time to Rey Mysterio. I can only imagine what is going through Robert Roode's mind right now, knowing that his partner just lost two matches in two weeks against their opponents at WrestleMania Backlash. I can only imagine what's going through Robert Roode's head right now. Did I make the right decision? Are we going to lose these titles? What are we going to do about this? Because Dolph's lost twice now. It's making Dolph look like the weekend, which we all know Dolph Ziggler is a great wrestler, so he's not the weekend. It's an interesting, you know, setup. It's interesting to see 
how it's going and how it works and blah blah blah. Well, after he loses, Dolph loses. Robert tries to come in and attack Rey Mysterio. Dominic gets him and basically just pretty much takes uh, you know Robert Roode out, grabs his dad and rolls out of the ring quick because they know if they don't, it's going to be a beatdown. They're not happy. Robert Roode's not happy. Ziggler, I know, is not happy. And Ray and Mysterio, Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, I know they're excited because they have an opportunity to be the first father-son tag team champs. Very first time in WWE history. This is a big deal. So to them to win this match is something very serious, something that they really are trying to do. And I'm proud of them for you know doing it. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. Bianca Belair. I've talked about Bianca Belair to all of you and how I feel about her. I love her. I absolutely love her. She is fantastic. She is phenomenal. I love her. She comes out, and as I told you guys, Bailey last week disrespected her very badly. Bailey, 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 Bailey. You, she didn't just disrespect her. She disrespected a lot of veterans. Jacqueline, Beth Phoenix, Trish, a lot of them. She disrespected a lot of veterans. And you guys heard earlier how I feel about disrespecting veterans. The veterans paved the way for people like Bailey. You need to give them the respect and the props where they deserve to be given. I mean, you really do. Because these you know, these women, even Mickey James, has paved the way for you guys to be you know, where you are. Without them, you wouldn't be where you are. So don't disrespect them. But of course, she disrespected Bianca last week too. Saying that Bianca's not at her level. Any of you who have ever watched Bianca Belair versus Bailey, they've been a heck of a match. They have been a bad, very bad match. I mean, they've been great matches. Bianca's won one. Bailey's won one. So now we're basically it's a rubber match to determine who's really going to win this at WrestleMania Backlash. Michael Cole's interviewing her, and of course Bailey shows up on the Tron and calls her out. Bianca's trying to be nice, trying desperately to be nice to Bailey and not disrespect Bailey in any way, but Bailey just won't stop. She won't stop poking the viper, picking at her constantly, constantly, constantly. So Bianca looks at her and says, okay, I didn't want to do this. I really didn't want to do this because I have the utmost respect for you, but you're going to disrespect me, so I'm going to burn you. Bianca tells her, while you at WrestleMania were getting basically destroyed by the Bellas on the entrance ramp, you were sitting in the back jealous because Sasha Banks and I main evented WrestleMania and you weren't part of it. Ooh, burn! Ouch! That was a bad burn. But like I said, Bianca was trying to be nice. Bailey wasn't. So what did you expect for Bianca to do? She tried to be nice and Bailey just wouldn't stop. Bailey was not happy with Bianca's response at all. Bailey felt disrespected. Well, newsflash, Bailey, you disrespected Bianca. You disrespected Jacqueline. You disrespected Beth Phoenix. You disrespected Trish. You disrespected Mickey James. What did you expect? You were going to get what you deserve. You disrespect people. You're going to get, eventually, if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, you're going to get disrespected back. That's just how it works. Interested to see where this is going to go because that was a burn. That was a bad burn, and I like it. I like the burn. I like how it got. I mean, I, I like it. I like where it's going with this. I'm interested to see if Bailey can actually overcome Bianca. I, I, I just, I'm interested. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. Uh, we're going to keep going down this road. Well, you guys are going to, to me, you may disagree. 
But in my opinion, as a wrestling fan, I feel they're disrespecting Shinsuke Nakamura. This man has so many accolades in his career. You deserve to give him better treatment than what you're giving him. I mean, guys, he was huge over in New Japan. And you're going to disrespect I mean, He's in one of the top factions over in New Japan. And you're going to be great in NXT. You're great anywhere this man has been. And you're, you, you give him you know, a push for a little bit and then you disrespect him. To me, I don't like that. But, of course, this was a good match. I, Baron Corbin and him are perfectly matched together. I, I like the match. I like you know, how it goes. Corbin, of course, did win that match. Not very happy that they did that to Shin. But what Shin did to him afterwards, oh, yeah, I loved it. He basically afterwards attacks him and Kinshasa's him. Kinshasa's him. Then to add insult to injury, Baron Corbin has this because everyone knows he's King Corbin. He has this crown that he wears that he thinks is... I mean, he polishes this thing. It's the prestigious thing for him. Shinsuke picks it up. Debates, shakes around a little bit. Does his Shinsuke Nakamura thing with this crown. And puts it on his head. I absolutely loved it. It was incredible. Because it led back to backstage. Shinsuke with that crown on. Just out of the odd. That was putting salt in the wound. That was incre that was incredible. I loved it with Shin with the crown. It was a great little setup. I like it. Feathering, you know, Baron Corbin's in his match. I like this. Now, after what happened with Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is so mad that everyone interrupted his Nigerian honor ceremony that he comes back to Adam Pierce and tells him that he felt disrespected he didn't think that that was right. That he, I mean, him and Sonya Deville are both are back there. And he didn't think it was right. Sonya, in her cute little coy way, basically tells Apollo, you better be quiet or he's going to put you in a match with Kevin, Sammy, and Biggie. In her own little way, she throws the, basically, the match to Adam Pierce. Pitches it in her own little way. Give you props, girl, where credit is due. That was a sly little move. She throws it right in there. He finds out, basically, that he's going to have to fight for his Intercontinental Championship next week on SmackDown in a fatal four-way with Kevin Owens, Big E, Sami Zayn, and himself. I love it. I love the way Sonya so slyly threw that in. She just coyly put that in, and I love it. I love it. That was an incredible move, Sonya. Nice job. So, 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 so interesting. But then, after Apollo Crews goes off being mad, Adam Pierce looks at Sonya. And this is starting to set up something going on between Pierce and Sonya. You can see the gears turning. You can see, you know, the cogs rolling. You see it coming. He tells her, don't ever, don't ever undermine me in front of the superstars again. Do you understand me? And then walks off. That, to me, speaks volumes on what could be coming. There is a turmoil between the two general managers right now. A serious turmoil that is bubbling. The pot, the pot is stirring and it's about to explode. It's getting nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. So I'm interested to see where creative is going with this. Where are they going to go with Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville? What are, what, what are we seeing? What's coming? It's just, it's, it's building and building and building and building. And the pressure's getting so hot that it's eventually going to explode. And then it's going to explode in a big way. And I'm interested to see how it's going to do. Alistair Black cuts another promo. 
I've told you guys from the last two promos, Alistair Black's promos are phenomenal. They are fantastic. They are just spooky, and I love it. The further down the rabbit hole we go, the more I'm trying to figure out who is Alistair going to target first. What are we seeing here? You know, the All-Father. I love this whole setup bringing Alistair back in. When are we going to see Aleister Black? Could he get involved in a match we're not expecting him to get involved in? What are we going to see? His promos for this setup get better and better and better each week. They get darker and darker, and I like this setup. I like how they're bringing him back in. This, this is going to be interesting to see when he actually returns to the ring how is he going to return? Is it you know, going to be, like I said, him interrupting a match? What's his entrance going to be like? What are we going to see? Because he's evolved himself. So to see him evolve, I'm interested to see, is his entrance going to evolve? Is his ring gear going to evolve? What are we going to see? What are we expecting from Aleister Black? And I'm excited to see how this is going to turn out. Main event time, guys. Final match of the night for SmackDown. Jimmy Uso versus Cesaro. This match was incredible. Jimmy, incredible. From coming back from a bad leg, from a bad knee injury, torn ACL and MCL, fantastic match. Fantastic. I mean, Jimmy, Cesaro, they, I mean, they gave each other everything they could possibly give to each other. It was a, fan, I mean, fantastic, incredible match. Back and forth, not sure which way it was going to go. Sometimes you thought Jimmy was going to do it. Sometimes you thought, Cesaro, you were expecting maybe an interruption, you know, uh, you know a DQ. It was just an incredible match, but it was a fair match. No one interrupted. No one got involved. It was a clean-cut, fair match between Cesaro and Jimmy. Jimmy, of course, did a great job. You know, proved, showcased what he could do. Proved that he could actually stand on his own if need be. You know, but of course, Cesaro did beat him. It was, you know, wasn't a surprise. You know, I expected, you know, they're going to hype up Cesaro to get him ready for, you know. WrestleMania backlash, it's only appropriate that Cesaro win, but Cesaro won clean. That was the fair thing. Cesaro did win clean. It was a clean match. No interruptions. Liked it. Impressed with it. Jimmy's not happy about it. Jimmy is mad because he lost this match. He's really mad. I mean, really mad. Roman comes out of nowhere. Blinds. I mean, you didn't even see him coming blindside Cesaro from behind. You never, I mean, we don't even know where he came from. No entrance music, no nothing. He just, uh, it's like he appeared out of thin air and attacked Cesaro. It was incredible. It was like, like shield days of him just popping up out of nowhere. It was absolutely incredible to watch. Jimmy gets mad and starts attacking again. Well, Cesaro goes back at Jimmy and is trying to fight off, you know, you know, Roman, and of course he's trying to fight off Jay, who's now showed up, and it's just a big old meal, big old mess, and it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Jimmy and them, you know, they're trying to, you know, Jimmy and Jay are trying to coexist in the same place. They're staring each other down because they're, you know, there's the turmoil between them with Jay siding with Roman, and Jimmy thinking that Jay should side with him, and it's just big old, big old mess. Jimmy walks out of the ring. He just can't take it. He just can't take it anymore. He's done with the, you know, their whole shenanigans. He just can't take it. He walks out of the ring. Leaving Roman and Jay in the ring with Cesaro. Roman manages to get out of the ring. This is where the whole thing I told you guys, I stand with Jimmy. Jimmy is proving for a fact that this is what exactly what he's saying is true. Roman doesn't care about Jay. Whatever benefits Roman, he'll use. Cesaro does a neutralizer on Jay. Roman's up on the up on the ramp. 
Roman had an opportunity to come down and save Jay from a neutralizer. Roman just stands there, staring at Cesaro. Cesaro telling him, come on, come down here, protect your boy. Come on, come on. I, I, I welcome you. I'll even open the I'll hold the ropes for you. Come on, come on down. Roman doesn't budge. Roman's jaw switching, that anger's fueling. You can see, you know, the big dog coming out. You can see it. You know, he's just mad. He's seriously mad. Roman won't help. Roman just stands there and watches Cesaro neutralize Jay again. Basically proving Jimmy's point that Roman doesn't care about Jay Uso. All he cares about is winning a title and Jay helping him do it. Jay being his lackey. If Roman cared about his cousin, he would come to defend his cousin. Proving Jimmy's point, Roman. You're proving, Jim, proving, proving Jimmy's point. You're proving it. By standing there and doing nothing, you're proving the point. You are proving the point that you don't care about Jimmy Uso at all. All you care about is keeping that title and using Jimmy to do it. Now I'm going to, I'm just going to do a couple predictions for WrestleMania Backlash. Just a few. Not very many. I told you guys I'm not going to do a whole prediction on all of them. I'm just going to do a couple. Just pick a few that I think kind of catch my attention. And I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to work. Of course, one of them is the Women's Smackdown title. Bianca, I think, is going to win. But the way Bianca is going to win could be a DQ. We could see Sasha return. I'm kind of hoping that that's the way they go. I mean, they could throw me off and it could be Bailey, but I'm kind of hoping that, you know, Sasha makes her return and causes Bailey to DQ, which gives Bianca the win, you know, setting up this, you know, Sasha versus Bianca fight because Sasha is entitled to a rematch. So I'm kind of, that's where I'm going with it, but creative could throw me a complete curveball and, you know, Bailey could win the whole thing. Don't know. The WWE Championship. I'm going with Bobby Lashley on this one. Because Bobby Lashley is so dominant right now, I think he'll be able to get through Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. Now, how he's going to get through, I don't know. That is the question that remains. Could Braun pull this off? Could Drew being the underdog prove this, you know, pull this off? Who knows? But that's my prediction is that Bobby Lashley will power through and win, keep the title. That's what I mean. I could be completely wrong. They could throw me a curveball. Put a whole kink in the cog. I don't know. But I just, to me, I foresee Lashley retaining his title. Triple threat, triple threat women's division match for the Raw, tit Raw title. I still think it's going to be Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea will retain. How Rhea will retain, I don't know. Do I think Alexa Bliss may play a key role in this? Yes, I do. I think Alexa might just show up to help Rhea keep that title, setting up a feud between Alexa and Charlotte. Could Charlotte win this thing and Alexa show up and basically take Charlotte out and go, ha, 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 here, I'm coming after your title? That could happen as well. But I'm leaning more toward Rhea retaining the title, Rhea getting a little payback from last year's WrestleMania against Charlotte and retaining the title. I think that's, I mean, I'm not saying that Asuka couldn't do it, but Asuka's got the odds stacked against her when you've got Charlotte and Rhea, two powerhouses who have just literally would destroy each other in a ring together in one match. Asuka could pull a whole rabbit out of her hat and win the match, but I think that Alexa might be a key factor in this somehow. Alexa's playing in this somehow, and I'm not sure where, but I'm thinking this is going to be the match Alexa gets involved in. This is going to be where Alexa states her claim. And, of course, she's going to say Lily made her do it. So I'm interested to see how this is going to go. 
the Lumberjack match. I still think it's going to be Damian Priest. I don't think Miz is going to be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat when it comes to having Lumberjacks around the ring. Miz is good. I've never said he wasn't. He's fantastic. But the problem Miz has is he's got lumberjacks. It's going to put a kink in the cog for Morrison to help him. And it's also going to be hard for Miz to do what Miz does outside, which having outside interference. It's going to be very difficult with lumberjacks in the match. I think Priest has got this one. I think this is Priest's wheelhouse. I think he's got this match. I think this would be a perfect way to end the Miz-Priest feud is for Priest to win one more time, ending the whole thing. Could we get a surprise in the Lumberjacks? Could we get somebody that we aren't expecting pop up in the Lumberjack match to help either remember it's a possibility? But I'm going with Damian Priest on this one because I just think Priest has got this one. It's just, it's just, it's Priest. He's just got it. The Universal title match, Roman versus Cesaro. I would really love to hope in all hopes that Cesaro would get this match, that he would win and get the title. But I'm going with Roman on this one. And it's not because Roman's my favorite wrestler. And I've told you guys this a hundred times, he is. I just think Roman is too strong and he's just too dangerous and deadly right now for Cesaro to be able to beat him. If it had been ten years ago, even three, three or four years ago with Roman, possibly. But this Roman's a little bit more edgier. This Roman's a little bit more deadly. This is going to be a lot harder to get past. I just, like I said, I'm going with Roman on this one because I think it's going to be Roman Reigns. I just think it is. That's how I feel. You guys may disagree with any of these predictions that I've made or any other match that's on the card. Give me a shout out on social media and tell me what you think because I could be completely wrong on all of these. But these are the key matches. Like I told you guys on every podcast, I do the ones to watch. These are the key matches that I think are going to win. The, the, the ones I'm picking are going to be the ones that are going to win. And they're going to win in a big way. That's just how I feel about it. You guys could be, I could be wrong. And you guys might know something I don't. Or you guys might have an idea. Again, guys, thanks for listening. Without you guys, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. And I appreciate every single one of you. And every single one of your feedback. And everything that you guys do. Remember, follow me on social media. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear your opinions on these matches and you know, what you think about these superstars. And you know, I would love to hear it. You can go on my social media on my Facebook. Go to my Twitter at Wrestling Nights Nights, ending with a Z. Or go to my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy and give me what, give me your opinion and tell me what you think. And I, we'll see you guys next time with some more wrestling action. Have a good night. Thank you for listening.